Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. When you love meat, you find a way to take it with you everywhere you go, especially when it comes to getting outdoors. That's why Smithfield has so many high-quality, delicious meats that are perfect for any outdoor adventure. Whether the park you're headed to is a national park or just the one down the street, like Smithfield marinated roasted garlic and cracked black pepper fresh pork tenderloin, expertly seasoned for on-the-go flavor, or prime fresh smoked ham that'll have you building on-the-go sandwiches packed with flavor. Smithfield Extra Meaty Back Ribs bring hand-selected perfection to the backyard, and Smithfield Anytime Favorites will help you take the ham you savor to the places you love. From diced ham that'll turn any picnic into an outdoor feast, to hickory smoked boneless ham steaks that are the perfect cap to any hike. The great outdoors just got greater with Smithfield. For the love of meat. All right, everybody, welcome to another episode of the Nomad Strength Show. I'm Ross Hillier, your host. Today is a Thursday show, so we're doing it solo. It's going to be a little bit shorter than our normal Monday interview shows. Uh, and the topic of what we're covering today actually came out of a fairly heated debate in a group text that I'm a part of with about six or so other guys. And we seem to have gone back and forth on this for the better part of all of Saturday. And uh, so I just wanted to bring that into the podcast because I thought it was going to be a really great topic to talk about for this for this solo show. I thought it was a perfect opportunity to bring it back into the podcast because we were having a very heated debate on it. But, it, you know, it was all in good fun. There was no name calling or anything like that other than just the, you know, every once in a while you're an idiot kind of stuff. Uh, but it was a very fun conversation. So I want to preface all that by saying, what we're doing in this topic, this is a, I have to outline this because this was what altered the lists for some of these people, for some of these guys in this group is the definition of what the actual list is. Cause we are pulling things from all this stuff. So here's what we're doing today. We are doing my Mount Rushmore of health and strength influence in culture. That word influence is the key here. So we're talking about the, the Mount Rushmore, so top four, Rushmore of health and strength influence on, on, on today's culture. So this was getting lost in our group exchange because it became about who's just our favorite athlete or who is just uh, you know the most motivational to watch. And that was not what the definition of what my list was about. So I wanted to make my list so I could uh, really describe that for you guys. So we had some some foundational understanding of why this list is what it is. Because there are other lists that I was actually agreeing with a lot of what the guys were saying. But because we're talking about health and strength influence, 
That's the key. So the way that I'm going to do this is I've got my Mount Rushmore, I've got my four, and I am I am firm in these until it could be, you know, 20, 30 years before I decide I need to add someone or remove someone from this list. But as it stands right now, I am set in my four. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to, I'm going to go through my four. I'm going to give you a little bit of info about them, why they're in there, uh, and why I think they deserve to be on the Mount Rushmore. And then I've got a couple, I've got two honorable mentions that were in the conversation, but ultimately I think would were more suited for honorable mentions. So before we get into all that list. If you haven't done so before, this is your first time listening to the show and you dig what we're doing, please go and like, subscribe, review, give a five star on wherever you're listening to the podcast. Go and do that. And it really does help the algorithms of the show get shown up into more people's uh, feeds like podcasts you might enjoy or anything like those kind of uh, sections in podcast land. So it really does help out the, uh, the podcast be seen by more people. So if you can go on and leave a nice review, uh, rate it five stars, do whatever it is on whatever podcast app you listen to. We're on pretty much all of them. I can't think of any that we're not on. So uh, if you just want to take a couple of moments and do that, I would really appreciate it. So let's dive in to, okay, Mount Rushmore of health and strength influence. So here's how I'm going to do this. I'm going to go from four to one because I actually did rank these in order. Mount Rushmore is just, you know, the four presidents that are up there. You know, you can argue about whether or not they're ranked, right? But there's just four of them. There's no general ranking, but I did rank mine from four to one. So this first one, I imagine, is going to be the one that gets me the most heat from people, which I welcome. Bring it to me. So regardless of what you think of the man, okay, personal stories and personal and, and him as a person put aside, especially in light of handful of recent years. In the last, I would argue, 25 years, there have been nobody that has brought more people to weight training and lifting weights than Greg Glassman. Okay. And if you're not familiar with Greg Glassman, he is the founder and the creator of CrossFit. And uh, we're talking almost 25 years now. Actually, I, I believe technically 2021 is the 25th year of CrossFit since CrossFit's inception, not necessarily since it was uh, a filed organization, but I believe he came up with the idea in 1996. And so it's been 25 years since Glassman really kind of created this CrossFit thing. And, uh, and you know, he's pulled from various influences himself, but the way that he managed, uh, he packaged it and put it together and the definitions and, and the structure that he put together, uh, I mean, completely changed the health and, and strength landscape of the last, of the whole 21st century. Uh, he did, in my opinion, more to get women lifting weights than anybody ever. Uh, he was, and you can, you can look at that from the lens of the women role models that are at the top of the CrossFit world and the CrossFit games and just even in the CrossFit world in general. Uh, I believe he's done more for women's health and fitness than anybody. And that's including the other three on this list. But he is number four on my list in terms of overall. And he's actually got a massive uh, international reach as well because of how huge CrossFit is now internationally. They're uh, Most of the time internationally when it comes to CrossFit, they were, I would say, anywhere from four, three to five years kind of behind in terms of popularity from where the states were. And so right now in, in, in Europe and in South America and parts of Asia, it's huge. And it's like what I, I would consider like the CrossFit Games heyday. 
was back in like 20, 2012 to 2016, like that four-year span, the bridge between Froning and Fraser in, 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 that, in that gap of time there, that's kind of where the rest of the world is right now. It kind of seems like it's died off a little bit in the States, but CrossFit is as popular uh, now in terms of just everyday training methodologies. And, and he is pretty much directly responsible for, for most of that. And, you know, like I said, personal things aside, he's now stepped down as CEO after some things he said last summer uh, and and all that kind of stuff. And, and that's not necessarily what I'm talking about as him as a person, but uh, what he did for the influence on becoming healthier and actually lifting weights and training hard and, and building your body. He did, I believe, more in the last 25 years than anybody uh, in anybody in the last 25 years. And so he is my number four, Greg Glassman, former uh, CEO of CrossFit. He's still the founder, I guess. He will always be the founder of it. Uh, but former CEO of CrossFit. So that is my number four. Okay. Uh, number three, we're going to go back a long time. And uh, he would be, he is considered the father of modern bodybuilding and, or actually just the father of bodybuilding. And uh, that's Eugene Sandow. And uh, so much so that he is actually the model that they built the and named the Mr. Olympia trophy after. Uh, but he was, uh, he, his whole career spanned the late 18th century into the, the early 19th century. And he was kind of the original physical culture specimen, right? He was the one who did a lot of kind of the old, old timey circus strongman stuff for a long time. Uh, but he was really the, the first person to intentionally build his body to certain proportions using specific, uh, training methodologies and, and helping other people to understand why that's important, why that's healthy, uh, how you can improve your vitality and just live a healthier life, uh, by being strong and fit. And he did an unbelievable amount of work to influence basically what ended up happening and ended up coming after for the next, well, since then. So then we're talking over a hundred years now. He was kind of the first foundational stone in the physical culture house, right? Uh, there's a lot of guys that were around that time in the late 18, early 1900s, but he was the face of all of that during that time. And uh, he used, like I said, he used to do all the circus strongman stuff, he, like the old vaudeville shows. And um, But he became very known for his physique. He was also... Uh, his idea of the modern physique was, or the perfect physique was built around the old Greek and Roman sculptures that you see, uh, like all over ancient, ancient Europe and ancient Greek, ancient Greece and ancient Rome, all of the marble sculptures. His idea was to build himself to look like those. And he was really the first person to write down what he did in training and using weights and reps in his books, uh, to talk about exactly how he did that. So his books, uh, strength and how to obtain it. And, um, what's the other one? Sandow system of physical training. They are awesome books. And I would encourage you to go read those books now and look at how relevant they still are to all of the things that we know about health and strength. He, he nailed it. And this was over a hundred years ago and he was not that, I mean, ultimately the, the basics and the foundations of everything that he talked about, we still use and apply. Some of the methodologies are a little bit different because that had to do with, you know, sometimes it's equipment, but also just because we've learned so much in the last hundred years, but so much of what we know is still based on the things that he was teaching us over a hundred years ago. And so he is number three, uh, 
oddly enough, he, you know, this one was kind of a tough one between him. You know, they're all tough to put in order, but I just picked my order and I'm sticking with it. So uh, number three is Eugene Sandow. And uh, really, I would encourage you to go back and read his old books because they're awesome. And it's just cool to read super old books like that, uh, that still have relevance to what we do now in terms of training and the concept of physical culture, right? So he is uh, number three on my Rushmore, my Mount Rushmore. Number two, uh, this was one that I felt that really could have been number one. But when we get to number one, it's fairly obvious who number one is, in my view anyways. But if we're talking about a longevity standpoint and, and how many people he actually led to becoming healthy and strong and, and looking at holistically nutrition, talking about uh, eating healthy, eating healthier foods. Um, there are few that are in the category of number two, who is Jack LaLanne. And uh, he had a show, the Jack LaLanne show went for like 35 years from I think like 51 to 85 or 86 or something like that, where it was his television show. And he talked about how important it was to exercise and eat healthy. And he had all kinds of people come on the show. Um, he invented a number of exercise machines. Uh, he did the pulley and leg extension devices. He invented the Smith machine. Uh, besides, you know, he did a bunch of his own videos. He did a ton of work with elderly people, disabled people, and encouraged them to work on enhancing their strength and health as well. So he did a massive amount for pushing health and strength into the mainstream. And he was actually a pretty successful bodybuilder as well. He did some feats of strength stuff. A lot of the guys back in, you know, uh, you could call it like the golden era or before, um, a lot of the guys that were considered bodybuilders also did, you know, all these feats of strength or powerlifting or Olympic lifting and were just brutally strong too. They weren't just bodybuilders. And, uh, you know, I say that meaning they they competed in these things as well because even modern bodybuilders now are, are still stupid strong in a lot of areas. But um, these guys actually still competed in a lot of this stuff on top of bodybuilding as well. Um, and he lived an extremely long, healthy life. He was 96 when he passed back in 2011. And I mean, he looked like he was, I mean, 50 something up until basically the day that he died. And it's just another testament to the how much healthy nutrition and training and exercise can improve the quality of your life. And uh, he was a major influence on a lot of people uh, that came after him in terms of coaching and and bodybuilding. And he had a very big influence on all of them. And uh, so that's why I wanted to put him on my list towards the top, because I think he is just as important, uh, if not more so than and just about anybody when it comes to uh, health and strength influence in, in our modern culture. So Jack LaLanne, number two, and he actually had a pretty huge, there were, there were kind of a handful of guys that had a massive influence on who is number one in it. And I've done three, so you probably can guess who number one is now. Uh, but number one is obviously going to be Arnold. Okay. So, and that is for a multitude of reasons, but he, when it comes down to influence, which is the whole point of this list, he did more 
for the world in terms of li- learning how to lift and encouraging people to lift and get healthy. And and he almost he created the entire industry as we know it in terms of having, you know, golds, places like golds didn't really exist in a ton of places outside of those areas. I mean, there was gyms in certain places around the country, but his, he created an industry and uh, with, with gym culture and lifting weights and bodybuilding. And, and he has arguably the most recognizable physique ever when you're looking back at his Olympia days in the in the 70s and 60s. And he is, he's the godfather to all of this, even though, you know, he didn't even come as early as uh, Lelaine or Sandow. He is who we look to when it comes to what we have now in terms of physical culture. Arnold is uh, essentially the reason for it all. And a lot of it had to do bec- with how big he became post- bodybuilding and post Olympias and post Mr. Universes and all those things that he did because he became like the world's biggest action star for a decades, it seemed. And then he was governor. And now he's just, I mean, like he is the, the ultimate American dream story coming from Austria when he was a child and deciding he wanted to be an American and took it all the way to literally to becoming governor of the biggest state in the entire country. Right. So, um, a lot of what it is had to do with how big he became after. And he used to, uh, he was like the presidential health, you know, ambassador, whatever that title is called. I mean, he was at the forefront of getting people to lift weights and become healthy because everybody wanted to look like Arnold. Uh, and, and the ones, and I've said this story before on a podcast, but the ones that didn't and bashed him for it, it's my favorite comeback and one of my favorite comebacks in the history of comebacks. Uh, but they said, Arnold, we never want to look like you. You're huge and you, and we just never want to look like you. And he looked him right in the face and said, well, don't worry about it. You never will. And it's just the best burn ever because he's completely right. Nobody ever will look like Arnold as long as as people live. Arnold Arnold's physique and Arnold's build is truly one of a kind. And we would recognize it pretty much anywhere if you're even remotely familiar with bodybuilding at all. And uh, he's number one. And, and I didn't think I would need to really do much explaining for why he's number one because pretty much all of us could have guessed that he was going to be on the Rushmore list altogether, but then also he would have been number one as well. So let's wrap up the four. So number four, Greg Glassman, founder, former CEO of CrossFit. Number three, Eugene Sandow, the father of bodybuilding back in the late 19th, early 20th centuries. Jack LaLanne really hit uh, kind of the gap between Sandow and Arnold, but uh, he went, you know, for a long time in between, but Jack Lane was kind of that middle of the 20th century realm. And then Arnold came from uh, into the 60s and 70s and then all the way through, you know, really still till today, he's motivating people to, to lift and be strong. And you can go watch, man, go watch any of those 80s action movies, man, like Predator. Oh my gosh, Predator is just one of the best movies ever. But uh, go watch Arnold's old action movies and click Conan and all of these things that he was in and just but imagine that during that time, actors didn't look like that. And that was the reason they didn't think he, you know, people would tell him he wasn't ever going to be an actor because he was too big and they didn't think he had any brains basically and able to, to learn how to act and do all this. And, and it's just how he operates. It's, uh, he's going to prove people wrong. And so it's just such a good story. Go watch all those old, uh, Arnold movies and then go watch Pumping Iron. 
uh, for crying out loud. Like if you haven't ever watched Pumping Iron and you're into health and strength at all, it is just one of the coolest documentary movies ever. It's about the the path to Arnold's final, I guess I shouldn't say final because he came back a few years later, but the last of his uh, run of Mr. Olympia's in 77 or 76. And it's when he went up against Lou Ferrigno. And it's just such classic Arnold that honestly, a lot of people who know Arnold now uh, don't know him how he used to be when he was the uber competitor and the mental games and all of that stuff that he used to do. And it's really just on display and pumping iron. It's awesome. Uh, so go watch all of those. Go watch all the old 80s Arnold movies. Uh, Terminator, Total Recall, Predator. Uh, I mean, even the ones that are kind of funny are still good. But um, so Arnold's number one. Now, my honorable mentions uh, are are two that were in the conversations of the Mount Rushmore, but I thought they, they, because they'd contributed so much, um, I wanted to at least give them honorable mention. And the first was, uh, Bill Phillips, who, if you were around, you know, in eighties, nineties, Bill Phillips was body for life. If you remember any of that, he was kind of one of the original, like supplement guys. Like he had his own supplement, uh, company, EAS. And, uh, he actually, I think that's, that's still a thing EAS, but, uh, he was really a, a huge proponent of the supplement in the bodybuilding world. And, uh, he was, he, he had a lot of great stuff out there. A lot of great programs that he did. His body for life program helped a ton of people. And, uh, that yeah, I just thought he was worth mentioning. And then the other honorable mention is a pretty specific niche, uh, but he did more for that niche than than pretty much anybody, especially in America. Uh, and that's Louis Simmons, uh, coach and owner of Westside Barbell, uh, strongest gym in the world. And he is he's one of those just brilliant minds type of guys, like beautiful mind type of guys when it comes to uh, programming and training and how to write training programs and and get people stronger than anybody else in the world. He is at the top of that list and how to do that. And he's such a wealth of knowledge um, that I it, everybody can learn stuff from Louie, even if you're not a power lifter, even if you're not trying to become brutally strong like those guys. And obviously the, the methodologies are geared towards some of that, but his principles uh, in all of his books, he's written so many books and done so many videos. Uh, everybody can benefit from the stuff that Louie has done and or if you're looking to get strong. Uh, he's, a, he's a great resource of knowledge. So um, go check out Louie Simmons stuff, Westside Barbell, uh, Westside versus the World is a great documentary they did about all those guys. And uh, it's it's pretty motivational too. So go check that out. So that is the episode for today. Mount Rushmore of Health and Strength Influence. Oh, I feel good getting that off my chest now because I've been meaning to do this for a handful of days since we had that that group chat. And I've, I've put my flag in the ground now. So this is uh, my list. And you know it won't change unless it's 20 years from now and somebody else has done something in the next 20 years that causes me to want to change it. So uh, if you have others that you think I missed or you, or you think I should have been included, maybe honorable mentions, uh, let me know. Write them in the write them in the in the comments below the posts of Instagram when I post this. Um, send me an email. Like all my email stuff in, is attached in the descriptions of this vi- of this podcast episode. Uh, I want to hear what you guys think I missed. If I missed anything, I don't think I did, but it's my list. So uh, that's what we'll call it for today. 
So thank you. If you guys haven't gone to nomad-strength.com yet and signed up for the newsletter, please do that. Uh, it's how you can stay up to date on all the things that are coming, including uh, the new coaching program, six-week program course called The Nomad Way. Uh, this is the first I'm actually mentioning it on a podcast. Uh, I'm running my test group through it right now and they're crushing it. And it's awesome. It's a six week almost, uh, I'm looking at it almost like a master's course kind of thing with a training program attached to it as well. Uh, the first class will be launched and uh, kicked off at the end of May. So if you're interested in that at all, please send me an email, uh, coachross at nomad-strength.com or you can go to uh, in my Instagram and DM me there. Uh, I'll have some more info about that coming up in the next week or so. But I wanted to give my little tease on this episode now that we're in the month of its launch. So that's going to be it for today. Thank you for listening and have a great weekend. And we'll come back with the next interview show on Monday. Mm